Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Wherever you find American troops today, you'll find the men of the Transportation Corps. Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful servicemen are members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the lines. The Army Ordnance Corps. Welcome again to the Every Soldier Counts podcast produced by the 19th Expeditionary Sustainment Command. Once again, I am Staff Sergeant Adam Ross, Public Affairs NCOIC for 19th ESC. And today's episode, again, we are on the road for this one. We are leaving the confines of Camp Henry and we are recording this one in Camp Humphreys. And today we have guests from the one of our more unique units we have in 19th ESC and on the Korean Peninsula, and that is the Korean Service Corps Battalion. And join with me today, we have Master Sergeant James Clevenger, we have Lieutenant Colonel John Cooper, and we have Mr. Yi Chin Yu. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Welcome, thank you, sir. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna start with some get to know you questions, uh, sir. We're gonna start with you. Um, so tell me a little bit what what brought you to the army. What made you decide to serve? Well, I'm gonna shemnika pio nim pangat semnida kupujani emnida. It's a great question. Um, so uh, first, I'll start with what brought me into the military. Um, kind of like Lieutenant Dan, if you've ever seen the movie Forrest Gump, although you know, people say I'm a lot more like Forrest Gump than Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> uh, my wife's even named Jen A. But the relevancy is that I come from a long line of Army folks, uh, all the way back to before there was a United States Army when it was a militia, so uh, literally several hundred years. And I'm very, very proud of that. So you might say I was uh, foreordained or destined to, and I'm very grateful for that. And, sir, where did you get your commission from? I received my commission through the University of Delaware, the Fighting Blue Hens. And also the alma mater of Commander-in-Chief? That is 100% correct. We are proud, proud to claim him. And former Super Bowl MVP, Joe Flacco. Oh, my gosh. Mad cool points. Okay. <laughs> Wow. I told you I was a college sports nerd. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Master Sergeant Clevenger, you were the Sergeant Major for KSC Battalion. Uh, same question to you. What brought you into the Army? So this is kind of an interesting story. Uh, the first Gulf War of 1991 is what brought me into the Army. And there's a little bit of history I'd like to add with that. So uh, if you, some of you may not recall because you're young, but... Uh, August 1990, Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. We set up a coalition through the UN. In January of uh, 1991, we started war with Iraq. And uh, all you heard on the news back then was, ah, oh, this will be a long, drawn-out war. We're going to have to reinstate the draft, blah, blah, blah. Well, fast forward about six weeks, the end of the uh, air campaign. And I was like, man, now we're starting the ground war. I need to do my part for my country. And so I called 1-800-USA-ARMY on the second day of the ground war. I don't think this is just a coincidence, but two days later, Saddam Hussein surrendered. 
And then the Army got in contact with me. But I think him knowing that I was uh, trying to join the Army <laughs> kind of influenced his decision. Interesting. <laughs> and so, sir, sir was that a... Was that a real telephone number back then, or is that is that a euphemism? Or oh no, that was the real phone okay. number. <laughs> Interesting. So, did they connect you with a, a real recruiter then? Yes, it, it took two days to link me up to a recruiter, and well, like I said, by that time the the war had ended. But I still I felt that that call to duty and went ahead and joined anyway. So that was a literal call of duty, you know, yes. <laughs> di- dialing, <laughs> dialing the call of duty. Okay, interesting. And Mr. Yi, you're you're not in the military presently. Did, were you in the uh, the Rock Army? Were you a Katusa? Did you have any military service? So yes, of course. Um, as a Korean um, national uh, male, um, we do have uh, two years of obligation, military obligation. So yes, I served in the Roca. Uh, but um, the reason why I joined the KSC was that, so I happened to um, went, so I born and raised in Korea, but uh, I went to college in especially Hawaii. So when I came back to Korea, I was looking for um, a company to work for, uh, which has um, like American, United States um, cultural background. And I just found KSC, and KSC was a perfect fit. So that's why I, how I uh, joined the KSC. And so how long have you been in, with, with the KSC then? Um, 15 years. Okay. Cool. And what about your, your current position? How long have you been? A um, uh, little bit over five years. So I think this is the sixth year as a DCO. Okay, great. And uh, Sergeant Clevenger, back to you. Um, how long total have you spent in Korea? So currently on this tour... I'm at almost 10 months, and I had also spent a year in Korea from July 2016 to July 2017. So, Okay. Fair amount of time. And, sir, how about you? How, what does this bring you to total amount of time in Korea? Uh, oh, my gosh. I think I've, I've lost count. Um, uh, of course, my wife is Korean, and we love this country. So we've been yogi, jogi, kogi. We've gone back and forth. Uh, this particular stretch has uh, been one, two, three, four, uh, five years going into my sixth year this stretch, and uh, probably in a decade or more uh, by the time this is all said and done. Okay. And we've heard you say a few uh, phrases in Hangul. How, how would you rate your, your fluency in Hangul? Uh, I, I might rate it high. My wife would rate it low. Um, but basically you, my, my strategy was always learn a few words and say those words with confidence. So that goes a long way. Sure. Definitely. Okay. Well, thank you. And we're going to shift gears right now. Hear that, that sound. We're going to move into our 50 meter target questions. So, um, these are, it's a little different each, each episode, a a repeat might creep in, but we try to do different questions each time. So, uh, the questions are going to come a little faster. We're going to expect a little quicker answers. So we'll stay with you, sir. Um, stay in Korea. Karaoke is popular. Um, in the current HP con, there's not a lot of karaoke going on, you know, socially, but do you have a go-to karaoke song or a song you wish you would be very, very good at singing karaoke style? Uh, great question. Uh, my go-to song would uh, probably be something by someone who has a very 
uh, flat voice that does not sing well. Um, so I don't know, something by Johnny Cash, I don't know. Uh, one I would like to sing well, uh, People or Are More Beautiful Than Flowers from Anchi Juan. Okay, I don't know that one. I'll have to look that up. Uh, Mr. Yi, how, how about you? Same question. Um, I'm too sexy. <laughs> okay. Okay, no, no, no comment on that one, but, but thank, yeah. Thank you. Interesting. <laughs> can, right. I, can I change my answer? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Saren Clevenger. The Trooper by Iron Maiden. Oh, I know that one. Yeah, that's a good choice. Okay. All right, we're staying with you, uh, Saren Clevenger. Um, the HP con is kind of relax, you know, it's a little easier to take vacations now. Um, we have, you know, block leave coming up this summer. Maybe if you, you have a dream vacation for your next vacation, you have something in mind where, where you want to travel to next. Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, wow. There's so many places I want to see, but I guess, uh, I would immediately want to go to Hawaii. Okay. Mr. Yi, same question to you. Well, actually, Mr. Jim Clevin just told my mm. uh, answer back Hawaii because I spent 10 years in Hawaii. I left in 1990. I haven't gone back since. So oh, wow. It's really, been that long. really wants to go back to Hawaii. Okay. Hope you can make it. And, sir? Uh, yeah, I'd like to go to Hawaii. And since uh, Mr. E and, and Master and Clevenger are going, I'd, I'd like to stay with them. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And can I can change my answer? <laughs> 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 okay, sir. Um, your question. Uh, you're you're starting a restaurant using only your what you can cook on the menu. Uh, what would your restaurant serve? Nothing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Just uh, just water. If <laughs> you a professional water stand, uh, anything fast food. Uh, a lot of experience in the cafe, uh, barista, coffee type stuff uh, before I entered the army. So uh, something like that, something uh, short and easy. Okay, Mister, do you have anything you could, you could serve that would be at your restaurant? So if I have to serve anything I can cook, it would be peanut butter sandwich. Hmm. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> you might be able to find some customers. Uh, Sergeant Clevenger, fried steak. Fried steak. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Um, okay. La- last question. Um, tell us a non-military celebrity you've met. Doesn't have to be the most famous. Maybe just one that sticks out in your mind. Uh, Kelly Pickler in Iraq. Hmm. Okay. Mr. Yee? Britney Spears. Really? Okay. Yes. We'll have to save that for another, that story for another okay. time. Uh, sir? Uh, Counselor Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation, Marina Sirtis. Uh, met her in Nuremberg, of really? all places, yeah, when I was in high school. Okay, interesting. Okay, now um, we're going to... 50-meter targets are behind us. We're going to take a short break now. When we come back, we're going to talk more about what the KSC Battalion does right here on the Every Soldier Counts podcast. This is Major Victoria Camary, 19th ESC Deputy Staff Judge Advocate. It's that time again, tax season. The Area 4 Tax Center is currently open to complete state and federal tax returns for service members, dependents, retirees, and surviving family members. Make sure to bring the following documents with you. Your ID card, Social Security number, or individual taxpayer identification number for yourself, your spouse, and all dependents. All W-2s, 1099s, 1098s, and affordable 
Affordable Care Act documents, a copy of last year's federal and state tax returns, and your bank routing and account number for direct deposit. There are certain returns that are beyond the scope of what the tax center may complete. For questions, call DSN 763-4442. The tax center closes on 30 April, so make sure to book your appointment today. Again, call DSN 763-4442. We're back on the Every Soldier Counts podcast with Staff Sergeant Adam Ross, Public Affairs NCOIC for 19th ESC. And on this episode, we are talking with the command team from KSC Battalion, Korean Service Corps Battalion. And so... Um, Gentlemen, we want to. When you look at what KSC Battalion does, um, it's a it's a long answer, um, really. So, um, sir, do you want to take a crack at, at answering that? Uh, sure, I'll answer this the same way I, I like to answer any question about the military, which is to give the book answer and then explain the so what or what that means in reality. Mission of the Korean Service Corps uh, is an execute daily mission command of twenty one eighty five mission essential Korean nationals and eighteen companies augmenting on pen U.S. forces with embedded multifunctional system support. All right, so that's a book answer. So what does that really mean? That means that we provide sustainment support from the inside out by attaching on a day-to-day basis most of our personnel. In wartime, we do the same thing, but we expand by a factor of 10. So 2,000 to over 20,000 and 18 companies to over 180 companies. Okay, yeah, that's, that's so it's a very... It's a big unit, and it gets even bigger um, in wartime. Roger that. And um, Mr. Yi, you, you said you spent a total of 15 years now in the KSC Battalion. Uh, what, what can you tell us about the, the history of the Korean Service Corps that, that's noteworthy? So uh, KSC Battalion was established during the Korean War um, and to support, to provide logistical support to U.S. Um, units um, during the Korean War. But back then, it was all just manpower. Um, Korea, it was filled with the manpower, uh, mobilized manpower uh, from the street, and we formed a Korean Service Corps, and they carried um, these ammo um, supply items by A-frame, we called it, in the uh, backpack. And then we uh, brought that supplies to the front line um, with that backpacks. And so it was in aug- augmenting the, the U.S. Army, giving them like yes. logistics that maybe the soldiers couldn't couldn't do with the number of soldiers we had. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so over the years, it's evolved, obviously. So um, I've heard that there's um, one, one of our previous shows, I think Colonel No said there's, there's even the KSC has more MOSs basically than, than, than the army does. I mean, what are some kind of the noteworthy jobs that the KSC does? Uh, first of all, uh, we're very proud to say that there are 159 ways to be a soldier of the United States army. And there's 260 ways to be a KSC. And basically, any MOS you can think of in the sustainment realm, uh, some things that come to mind, we have uh, HET drivers, we have uh, water survival instructors, like retired Rock Navy SEALs, um, and then we have interpreters uh, supporting many general officers, and then you have people working in the office. Uh, pretty much anything you can think of, they do. 
Interesting. And so um, we, we've we've seen the uh, your, your your motto everywhere, your your values. So, Sergeant Clevenger, one of the things on that list is service first. So, how would you explain service first to someone? Oh wow, that's a that's a tough one. So, uh, service first is well, basically providing every kind of logistical support that you can imagine to pretty much every unit on pen. Uh, I mean, we are literally from the DMZ to the sea, serving the JSA uh, all the way down to the uh, Busan port. So, uh, yeah, Service First is providing all that logistical support to everybody on this peninsula. And uh, expanding on that, saying, you know, you're all around the peninsula. So what is the leadership challenge in that, sir, when you have you have units and soldiers just spread so far away from the flagpole? Well, that's a great question. I think it starts with the challenge of mission command, where the uh, all personnel are expected to uh, exercise uh, disciplined, uh, disciplined initiative in accordance with the commander's intent. So mission command is a challenge, but... Uh, with trust, it all becomes possible. And Mr. Yi, uh, there's a, so many, he mentions all the employees that are in KSC. And so um, there's many of them that have been in with the KSC for decades now. What, what do you think is part of it that keeps people um, serving in the KSC? What keeps them coming back? Um, I believe diversity. So serving the greatest advantage I can find or the good thing about working at the KSC was diversity. Um, first of all, uh, working for U.S. military uh, provides us to actually meeting with Army men, Navy men, Air, Air, uh, Air Force, plus Korean nationals, Katusa, Rokas. So it's a form of the whole diverse um people and you get to work with those people from all different cultures and all different backgrounds. So that's one of them. And second of them, working in the KSC, since KSC supports all the units, all U.S. units in Korean Peninsula, we serve um, infantry divisions, we serve logistical divisions. So we get to see diverse functions or faces of the army. So that's the, I think that's, the, that's what attracts people uh, working at KSC. Can I say uh, also, uh, one of the little known facts is that the KSC's anniversary of 26 July also coincides with the anniversary of when the United States desegregated their armed forces. So that's very, very uh, powerful. And it, we consider that part of our lineage and heritage as well. And can we stay on that the the theme of diversity too? So, sir, you've um, as many years as you spent in Korea. Um, we on most of these podcasts we talk about you know how we we work with whether it's Katusas or KSC or Korean nationals. What's can you talk about the rewards of being um, within such a diverse mission um, in the army? How unique that is. Wow, uh, another great question. Um, the rewards for serving this organization. Um, it's all things good. There's pride. There's loving what you do. There's satisfaction. The ability to help others. It's extremely fulfilling. And we're able to make an enormous difference because we work with the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. We work with the ROC 
military. We work with the Rock government, with the Rock communities, the universities, the schools. So a tremendous satisfaction. And if you want to make a difference, uh, KSC is a place to be. And Sergeant Clevenger, coming back to you, um, can you talk a little bit about your leadership experience within KSC? Uh, what, what's that been like being one of the few uniformed um, enlisted leaders? It's been absolutely amazing. Uh, every one of our KSCs is so professional, uh, courteous, uh, respectful. It's, it's a true blessing to be serving with the Korean Service Corps. And um, let's talk about uh, the nickname of the KSC. So what, what makes the KSC so unique? Any, any of you could do. Uh, sh- sure. <laughs> and, you know, this this podcast could probably go on for days. As, you know, everyone here knows, like, I'll talk about KSCs uh, all day long. And I often do. The uh, history of the A-Frame Army comes from the fact that the Jige, or the Jige Bude, the Jige Bears, they would carry the log- logistical supplies on a wooden backpack that was shaped like an A. And when you had what ultimately was 300,000 Korean nationals serving in the Korean service corps during the Korean war. You had these A-frames literally all across the pen. And that's where we get our nickname, the A-frame army. And uh, this just over my shoulder, we, um, we have a picture of it on, uh, we have in social media, but um, we have one of these A-frames and it was brought in here by one of your teammates, literally wearing it like it was before. So um, Mr. Yi, how does um, embracing that history contribute to the current KSC? So um, that this deep history of the KSC actually make us proud to be part of the KSC because um, you cannot find anywhere like KSC who has the rich history of, and if you think about it, KSC is just a symbol of U.S. and Rock Alliance because um, this U.S. military, within the U.S. military structure is full of, of KSC employees, Korean national. It is just a, a symbol of the uh, alliance. And we, I think recently there was a, a KSC mobilization drill. Can you tell me about what's, what it's like being a part of that and kind of what that entails? Oh, wow. That is quite impressive. So that involves uh, doing an exercise of mobilizing thousands of Korean citizens into the uh, Korean Service Corps. So uh, it's all about beefing up for uh armist i mean contingency so it's it's we we call it mobilization but it's it's kind of like an an exercise yes and uh sergeant major taglicud he he made a good point it kind of reminded him of our in processing of soldiers into the united states army so i mean they go through everything they're getting uh all their paperwork admin data all of that put into the system getting issued all their equipment, OCIE, TA-50, what have you. Uh, It's quite an amazing process, and we do it impressively well. Something I'd like to add to that, if I could, is that the MOBEX or mobilization exercise itself is a, a manifestation or it's a visible part where people can come and see actually what would happen if there were a real mobilization. And like top said, you know, Hey, you can do this. We do this extremely well. We're very proud of our team. 
Uh, what is unseen is the massive amount of coordination that the KC team does with uh, multiple branches of the Rock government, multiple branches of the Rock military, the city ward offices. It is an it is an enormous endeavor. And of course, if you didn't know, the KC really is more like a core uh, than a battalion because they're you know the biggest battalion in the United States Army, eighteen companies, and currently over two hundred and more. So. Um, it's really amazing. There's a lot of stuff that you see up front, and then there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that no one knows about. We're really proud of the team for that. And so when you mentioned the like the reserve uh, KSC, that the mobilization is kind of their chance to kind of go over what would, what would their role would be? So when it comes to the reservists, uh, we pull mobilees from the different branches of government. So the Ministry of Interior and Safety, uh, they'll provide skilled inter- skilled employees, and then through the ROC military, we'll pull uh, mobilees that have, whether officer skills, NCO skills, former Katusa skills. So we pull mobilees from, from many different areas, and the training really takes place in a, a few different manners. One is the mobilization exercise, and the other part is that the ROC government and ROC military conduct their own training, and then the KSCs, we go out and we partner, partner with them with those uh, combined training exercises. So the the reservists, they'll, they'll get their training directly from the ROC government and ROC military, and we partner with them. And uh, let's shift gears a little bit here. So um, we're we're we br- we took the show on the road uh, today. We br- came out to Camp Humphreys. We're used to we're usually in Camp Henry, Camp Walker, um, Camp Humphreys. Um, for some of us who have been in Korea. You know, before we always heard about, you know, they're expanding Camp Humphreys or moving different um, units down here. Now, um, you know, Camp Humphreys is, you know, not as much construction as there was going on before. This is kind of complete. So um, can you speak a little bit about what the, you know, uh, what it's like on Camp Humphreys, having this huge amount of uh, soldiers, civilians, you know, working together here? When was the first time you came to Camp Humphreys? July 2016. When, 2016. Yeah, they were pretty much breaking ground on all the construction out here. Wow. And, uh, it's just amazing what they've accomplished. Uh, to me, this reminds me of being at a place like Fort Hood. It is just huge. And there are so many uh, services that are available here on Camp Humphreys. Uh, you can tell the effort that went into planning and and building Camp Humphreys uh, to what it is today. The effort has been made to uh, make everyone feel at home here on Camp Humphreys. And I certainly do. I I love it here. Yeah, Yeah, me too. I'm curious what uh, Mr. E thinks because I think he probably had been to Camp Humphreys before uh, Master Ron Clevenger and myself. Yes, so um, as a Korean national, Camp Humphrey is a symbol of alliance because we heard that this is one of the largest of um, foreign U.S. Army installation, U.S. military installation. So um, we are really proud of it. And like I mentioned, to us, it kind of, it is a symbol, big, clear symbol of U.S. Rock Alliance. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it because uh, my, my previous assignment in Korea, I was in Yongsan with 8th Army and we were preparing everyone 
to move down to Camp Humphreys, explaining them, you know, the importance of like the kind of the why behind it. I mean, it really does symbolize the alliance because the Republic of Korea, um, they built so helped build so much of, of Camp Humphreys here. So it's there, you know, showing their dedication to the alliance as well. Um, so go, going forward with KSC, um, what are what are some of the challenges you're, you, you face kind of on a on a day to day basis that requires, you know, leadership and and uh, advanced planning? Well, uh, so uh, I would I'd describe that by looking uh, first towards the past. Uh, as some people know, we have our own uh, 1967 SOFA agreement establishing the Korean Service Corps, which is a follow-up to the ROC Presidential Decree in uh, 1950. Um, so that said, you know, we've overcome the furlough. Uh, we've overcome uh, COVID, or we're about to, that we've been killing the virus um, looking to the future, you know, you look at the past and, you know, you know, where, what have we, what have we been doing for over 70 years now? And we think, well, what does the future of the KSC look like and how do we shape that? And, you know, as the army changes, as the world changes, the KSC, we plan to adapt that. So how we deal with it is we, we change and we adapt, but we never forget our roots. Uh, they came from the A-frame army. Anything you'd like to add to that, Mr. E? Um, I think one of the biggest challenges the KSC will face is that, so I was talking to our senior KSCs since 2000, all the transformation happening, and um, there has been a lot of changes. And we can see there will be more changes in terms of missions, in terms of our working environment. Coming up on the Every Soldier Counts podcast, we are talking with the Korean Service Corps Battalion Command Team of Lieutenant Colonel John Cooper, Master Sergeant James Clevenger, and their DCO, Mr. E. Chin. Well, um, gentlemen, thanks for the conversation. Anything we, we didn't touch on that you want to uh, coming up on the Every Soldier Counts podcast? We say goodbye. We're talking with the Korean Service Corps Battalion Command Team. On behalf of the team, we really appreciate uh, Lieutenant Colonel John uh, your, Cooper, your traveling Master road show, and having the opportunity to tell e. our story. Stay and, tuned uh, for the next... Yeah, service first. So listen. Okay, well, there's a lot of great history with so KSC Battalion. Um, to learn more about what they do, you can go to ksc.korea.army.mil, or you can look up Korean Service Corps on Facebook. Gentlemen, thank you again for joining us, and hope you have a great week. Stay with us here on the Every Soldier Counts podcast. Hi, this is Miss Kim Eun-chu with the Korean Service Corps Battalion. Thank you for listening to 19th ASC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Service first, 모든 캐스트는 소중합니다.